from the campus of Gardner-Webb University in Boiling Springs, North Carolina, this is Bulldog Dialogue. Hello everybody, I'm Gardner-Webb University President William Downs, and today on episode 13 of our show, we're excited to welcome GWU's new men's soccer coach, Scott Wells. I'll talk to Coach Wells about the professional path that led him to Gardner-Webb. We'll discuss his vision for the running Bulldogs, his ambition for our program, recruiting strategy, coaching style, and a whole lot more. Folks, we're just eight months away from the start of the 2023 soccer season, and we'll start the hype right here and right now. So stick around. We'll be back with Coach Scott Wells after this brief message. Cybersecurity is one of the most important and in-demand skill sets in today's world, and a degree in cybersecurity can provide you the foundations to identify and protect against security threats, to outsmart cyber criminals, and to support governments and top organizations in their efforts to keep data safe. Cybersecurity is a rapidly growing field, and a degree from Gardner-Webb University can give you the edge you need to begin a successful career in this essential industry. The cybersecurity program is offered in person for traditional undergraduate students as well as fully online in the degree completion program at Gardner-Webb. This degree curriculum is based on guidelines supported by the National Security Agency, the FBI, and other high-profile organizations. For more information on Gardner-Webb University's cybersecurity degree, visit gardner-webb.edu or call 704 406 4489. Welcome back to Bulldog Dialogue. As promised, our special guest today is men's soccer coach Scott Wells. Originally from Coventry, England, Coach Wells is just the third head coach in our program's history. He joined us on campus right at the end of 2022. He comes to Gardner-Webb after building UNC Greensboro into a top national program as associate head coach and lead recruiter. Welcome to Bulldog Nation, Coach Wells. How are you doing today? I'm great. It's uh, Monday mo- Monday morning with the president. You can't get much better. You can't than that, get any better than that. I don't really. know how many head coaches are doing that right now. <laughs> well, it's your day, my friend. Uh, <laughs> all right. So you're only a month or so into your new role here at Gardner Webb. First impressions? I'm absolutely loving it. Um, I'm thriving in the environment, um, mainly because of the people, which is again what steered me to Gardner Webb was. The people and you know the feel I got the minute I walked on campus, so it's going very well. So everybody's going to notice the accent. <laughs> You're not originally from Western North Carolina. Uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your path from the UK to the states and now to Bowling Springs. Yeah, um, well, I was very lucky growing up. Um, I was in what we call the academy system um, from the age of nine all the way through to eighteen. Um, so I played at a professional club um, and really was brought up in with those morals and those values and was able to, to kind of take that to now what my, is my coaching philosophy. Um, and so obviously as many, uh, all across the world, they get told no to a professional contract. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough to, uh, to hear about America and the idea of continuing uh, to develop as a soccer player, but also receiving education, which probably wouldn't have been a realistic goal for me in the UK with, with how they operate there, the education system. So, um, moved across, and th- the crazy story is, it was Gardner Webb that came to England 
and sat down with me, mm. uh, Jason Osborne, who's the assistant coach um, back then, um, had uh, came over, sat in the living room with me and told me about America and told me about Gardner Webb. So full circle, it's pretty That's pretty, pretty cool. crazy. Yeah. yeah. So biggest difference between Coventry, England and Boiling Springs, North Carolina? Weather. <laughs> better here? <laughs> Much better. I mean, I've been walking around with a t-shirt and people around campus keep asking me, you know, are you not cold? Like this is like the summer compared to Coventry. Uh, this is England. January. Yeah. All right, so I'll kick myself if I don't ask you if you've watched Ted Lasso. Yes, my son actually dressed up for Halloween as Ted Lasso. Well. So, yeah, we're big fans. So any Ted Lasso in reverse, any culture shock for the Englishman here in Cleveland County? Um, no, not really. Um, no, there's an Ingalls right here, so we're, we're perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, a big Ingalls shopper, so um, no, I mean, nothing. So I've, I've lived in various parts of uh, of North Carolina um, throughout my career and um it seems like the smaller the community, the better it gets, you know, in terms of the relationships you build. So I've enjoyed it so far. Well, you've hit the jackpot then. All right. So soccer is a sport that's on the rise in America. At least we've, we've been saying that for a while. There's, there was great excitement about the recent World Cup. Charlotte's now got its own football club. What is success for soccer in, in that regard, World Cup, professional soccer, mean for the collegiate level? Uh, and what does it mean for Gardner-Webb in particular? Are we going to be able to ride off of some of that excitement? Yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable how soccer in this country has grown uh, over the last 15 years. Um, I would say it's the most watched sport now, mm. honestly. Um, obviously, it is worldwide, but here in the U.S. as well, um, at the youth level now, you see you know families putting their kids in soccer way more than a lot of other sports. So, um, so obviously, that's huge. Um, the, the college level, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of committees out there right now trying to drive um, various different things in terms of 21st century model, um, you know, trying to help uh, student athletes and, and collegiate soccer in general. Uh, the landscape changed a little bit when we brought in Major League Soccer uh, next, which is um, like a second tier of pro pro football. Um, so that will be something where there'll be more opportunity um, for for collegiate players to go and play at the next level. Um, I think personally that collegiate sports is just nowhere in the world offers collegiate sports like the u.s does mm. so so it may change a little bit in terms of how it looks but it will never go away it will continue to thrive because you cannot offer this opportunity anywhere else in the world um for gardner webb in particular i mean i just i think it has everything in place um including the people and, and the backing to be very successful um i think this conference right now is a winnable conference more than it has ever been with Campbell leaving. Um, and, you know, obviously I've been doing a lot of work on, on the recruitment side of things since I've arrived. And, you know, the, the message and the, the reputation that I'm trying to build and the new culture I'm trying to build is has been very receptive to a lot of the youth around the, the North Carolina area. So, yeah, we're excited. So let me push a little bit on that. How good, how good can soccer be at a school like Gardner-Webb? And what do you think it's going to take to get there? Yeah, I mean, if, if you look at the women's game, it's it's a little different in terms of you've got your power five and then you've got, you know, like a second tier because, you know, in, in the US, women's sports huge. Soccer is huge. It's the biggest in the world. With men's soccer, it's a, a little bit different. I think anybody, I mean, we've seen Marshall do it, obviously not long mm -hmm. ago. They won the national championship. UNCG, mid-major, that were able to go to the Elite Eight. Western Michigan were doing it last season as well. There is no doubt in my mind that, um, if you bring in the right culture, the, the right characters, the, the right human beings, and of course the, you hit on, on the recruitment process, you, you can go as far as you want to go in the men's game. 
It's not like that for every sport in, in, at the collegiate level, but for soccer it is. So I think that some people might think it's crazy to think that the turnaround here is within 12 months. I believe that we have plenty of time here to be able to, to make a major statement in year one. And, and I truly believe that. And it's audacious to think that way. That's why um, we hired you. <laughs> I truly, truly believe it. And um, I believe that whether Campbell was still in the conference or whether they're not, you know. So, and we, we, I was lucky enough to meet the, the head coaches um, for the first time uh, last week uh, at the Big South mm. meeting. And, um, and, and they, they heard me pretty loud and clear. Are they scared? Uh, I don't think they're scared. I, I, um, I just feel, I think they, they know exactly why I chose Garner Webb. And I think they all know you know, the, the reputation that I've had as a recruiter, but, you know, now moving into the head coaching situation, um, you know, there's different aspects that we've got to focus on as well. So, yeah, I'm excited and I'm, I'm sure, I think they, they know that. Coming after them. Coming yeah. after them. All right. Um, you mentioned characters and character and culture. Talk to us about the talent uh, that you've inherited and also about your immediate recruitment strategy. Yeah, so obviously, you know, the, the, the first plan was to meet with all the team as soon as possible, um, get to know them as people. Relationships is key in, in, in sports in general. So I um, was able to have great conversation. The, the group have been super receptive to me um, in terms of what I want to do and the direction I want to go. Um, they completely understand that this process in the spring will be learning to get to know me and me to get to know them and, and see where we're at as we, as we go through the semester. Um, and yeah, you know, obviously recruitment wise, it's been, um, I mean, we've just kind of been relentless, to be honest. I've, I've, I've been gone every weekend. Um, you know, I've, I've just got back myself uh, late last night uh, from recruiting and, um, you know, we're going to continue to keep, keep that trend. Um, obviously, international recruiting is going to be key. Um, that's going to come in due time. But I want to give the players that have gone through a transition of a coaching staff as much time as possible um, to, to have that door open and be able to come in and communicate. We've, we've been able to bring two players in. Uh, this semester, which was great. Um, two of them that I'd been uh, recruiting for a while. So so that was great. And they wanted to, to, to come on board with my project. So at this minute in time, um, things are great. But we also want to be patient. You know, we in, in college recruiting for soccer, um, good players can come come late as well. So you want to make sure you're, you're patient in that process. And, you know, trying to get my staff set as well at the moment as well mm -hmm. is, is, uh, is going to be key. Um, and uh, and start to build that culture. And um, so far, so good. I've been very, very impressed with the attitude and the professionalism of all the boys and how they've opened up to me and make sure that they're ready to, to kind of learn a different direction. So at this level, is there some kind of ideal balance between international and domestic talent? Yeah, there is, absolutely. Um, I think it's important. I've always thought it's important to, especially in North Carolina, you know, to bring bring guys in from the state of North Carolina because they know what it means to play, you know, within their state and, and build that identity that way. They also know the college system, so they understand it right off the bat. Um, but, you you know, I'd be lying to you if I said international players, if you hit on them and you get them right, are the game changers. They can be the game changers. Over time, as we start to improve and our results start to get better, and hopefully we start to win championships, then domestic recruiting becomes even more important because then you have the foundation and it's been laid out for you to be able to go out and get those players. But right now, you know, that may take, you know, six months to a year before we can get the player we, we ideally want from a domestic standpoint. Um, but internationals, immediately. There's no reason why we can't. Because a lot of the international players will, will commit to you, the person, mm -hmm. and your philosophy, and then they'll learn to grow and love the university. What is the crux of the living room speech as you make your pitch for Gardner Webb? What do you think the, the critical selling point for us? I think the, I think the biggest thing for me uh, with Gardner Webb and, and another reason why, why I decided to come here is because 
there aren't many universities I, I've ever been around that can combine not only your academics and sports, but your spiritual as well. Uh, and that's something that was really important to me and my family, um, especially my wife, that we had always looked into something like that. We'd never been around it. So I think that that's very important. Um, and that's a huge sell um, because that's you're going to be around a group of people that you're like minded to that are on the same journey as you and want to be a better person every day. Um, so that was huge for me. And then, you know, apart from that, honestly, I just think that the people, I, I go back to it every time. Um, I can't walk across campus without having a, an enjoyable conversation with somebody that wants to stand and talk for 10, 15 minutes. And um, I mean, it was like that the other day at the prayer meeting. You know, I, I, oh, right, <laughs> I could have right. stayed there, probably stayed there longer than I needed to, but it was, it was a good conversation. So let's talk about fans a little bit and playing style. American fans, you know, we struggle a little bit. We struggle with a sport where it's possible to play 90 <laughs> minutes and walk back to your car with no winner <laughs> and no loser. Uh, talk to us about your playing style. What will a Scott Wells team look like on the pitch? Um, you've talked to me about, you know, your obsession for winning. How, how are we going to avoid those ties? Yeah, well, it's harder <laughs> now. The overtime rule's gone for sure. Um, but um, I think the the – the, the word that comes to my mind is bravery. We mm. want to bring brave players in, players that are going to be in, in high-level games and in very adverse moments and going to be able to roll their sleeves up and dictate the game and, and take the game to them, individuals that want to lead. Um, so that's a, that's, a, that's a key part for me, um, is players that want to do that. In terms of our style of play, you know, I've never been married to a formation. Um, it's always about the values of the positions and, and the space in between players and you know, really breaking down your opponents and making sure you can find the niche of how you can overcome them. And um, and that will be something that we'll, we'll have to do case by case. But our values of those positions will never change in terms of how we want to play. Uh, we, wanna, we want the ball, the possession-orientated program. That's what we want to do. Um, I think that the, this day and age, players want to be part of that. You know, it's enjoyable to have the ball more than that, obviously. Um, but, you know, in terms of the level of play that you need and that just alters the recruitment strategy a little bit, you know, in, in terms of the system you want. It makes recruiting a lot easier when you know what you're looking for. It's not just the, the next best play that's available, but it's a play that ties into your values and, and how you want to play because that's also engagement. And then you have a player that's engaged for the duration of the season because he really believes in what the coach is trying to do. In addition to that playing style, what, what are the ways you're going to attempt to leverage the newness, the excitement, the energy, all that to put fans in the stands because that, that's critical. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, you know, kids feed off that energy. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've been working with Advancement a little bit from the alumni base. I've been blown away by the feedback and uh, um, responses from my first letter that I sent out to alum. Mm. Um, you know, we actually have a very good following. F funny enough, we have people that are part of the alum basis that I actually knew personally and was not aware that they were alum, you know, so it's... Um, it's been great. There's, there's a, a large group that really want to be involved and want to come to games and want to see stuff. In terms of the community, community outreach will be key. Community outreach will be tied in with team bonding. You know, we want to be able to, you know, manage the guys from a personal level and make sure that they're enjoying their experience. Mm -hmm. And I think we can do that with the community. Um, and, um, you know, I've obviously been able to kind of roam around a little bit um, and, and see different things. But, of course, we're gonna, I'm going to need to lean on others to to be introduced me to a lot of people. But I think so far, um, that is something that Andrew, uh, Dr. Goodrichard, um, mentioned to me that that is a, a big goal for both of us to get fans in the stands to get, you know, again, conference tournament final. You should have thousands of people there. 
you know um, Why not it's us? the dream it is yep. the dream at uncg we have a beautiful stadium there it was a very very nice stadium we never filled it and then when we got to the national tournament we filled it i think about five or six thousand you know so that was a process um but the i think it starts on the alum for sure if we can get them involved and get them bought in you know i think that they'll really want to come and watch us and, and support us you got a strategy on scheduling especially when it comes to, to bringing in higher tier non-conference opponents to play us on our home field yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's gonna that's gonna happen for the first year. I think you know usually you'll have to go to them, and that takes a while. But it's all it, yeah, it's a huge formula. The RPI in soccer, mm -hmm. um, you know how you can strategically construct your schedule um, really is the difference sometimes of making it in the national tournament and not. So you know the winner in me doesn't want to just be getting in via the conference tournament. I don't want that. Um, it might have to be the way for the first year, or you know so, but. Um, like I said earlier in the conversation, you know, we can recruit a, a good team here to, to go ahead and do big things. So we'll be able to compete on those levels. And, and once you start to build that reputation and you get some of those wins under your belt, then you can start negotiating the, um, you know, the, the, the way that they, do, do you go to them? Do they come to you? Uh, right now, we'll most probably be going to them. Mm -hmm. But our schedule, I finished our schedule last week for the fall. And um, it's more audacious than I was planning on, on going for. But I I look at the time we have right now. Um, we have plenty of time to finalize our team and our roster. Um, and there's no reason in, in the game of soccer why you can't you can't go and sneak a win, you know. And, and I think that that's kind of going to be our mindset. And of course, from recruiting, especially with transfers, if they see certain names on that schedule, that really entices them too. You know, that's a big sell for them. I was going to ask you about the schedule. When when is that schedule going to drop? So we ha I have it. It's finalized. We're going over the game contracts right now, and then it will be straight over to the admin to, to release. So hopefully, um, you know, middle middle point of the semester, I would imagine. I'm not sure exactly when they can release it, but, um, you know, we've got Wake Forest on there next season. All right. Uh, NC State. Any, anybody from Greensboro? Uh, uh, no, not yet. No, they, won't <laughs> they won't play right now. I've tried. They won't play right now. Um, but maybe, maybe soon. But um, NC State, uh, JMU, uh, South Carolina. Um, Campbell, we I kept Campbell on there, Good. so I can make a point, um, even though they're not in the conference. But so yeah, we have a really, really competitive out of conference schedule. Um, so I'm excited, and that'll all crank up mid August, right? Yeah, first game I think is uh, kind of that third week in August. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, Coach Scott Wells, what's your what's your final message to everybody out there in Bulldog Nation, all 36,000 living alumni across <laughs> the globe? Yeah, I'd reach out, email, phone, um, come to the office. Um, I, I want to meet as many people connected with the program as possible, and you know, um, reference back to these conversations and and judge me on that. Come uh, come the fall. All right, Scott Wells, thanks so much for being our guest on the podcast today. Good luck in the months and the years ahead. Folks, we'll be right back after this short break. Did you know that Gardner-Webb University now offers a Master of Public Administration degree that you can earn in as little as 10 months? That's right. The 10-month MPA is created specifically to meet the needs of active professionals. Offered in a fully online format and competitively priced, this program will prepare students for upper management positions in a variety of public and private sector fields. The purpose of the Gardner-Webb University Master of Public Administration program is to prepare students for a successful leadership role in local, state, federal, and nonprofit agencies. Gardner-Webb also offers a first responders grant to those who qualify. If you're currently working in a public or nonprofit service sector, 
you may want to check with your organization for possible financial support or grant options. The MPA 10 is a 36 semester hour master's degree program and courses are delivered in eight week terms. This is becoming a very high demand program and class sizes are limited. So if you'd like to apply or get more information, just visit gardner-web.edu. Welcome back to Bulldog Dialogue. It's time to get social and check out a few of the Gardner Web headlines making news on social media. You know, folks, since we've been talking about sports today, we'll stick with the theme and go straight to Twitter, where everybody's talking about Gardner Webb's women's basketball team. The headline on at Big South Sports is this, eight straight W's. The running Bulldogs recently defeated Winthrop 74-54 at home, where they are undefeated, staying number one in the conference and poised to make a big run in the second half of the season. Lauren Bevis has set the program record in the Division I era for the most three-point shots made. And Jessica Williams notched an elusive triple-double. So good luck the rest of the way to Coach Alex Simmons and the team. Follow Gardner-Webb's women's basketball team on Twitter at GWU underscore WBK. From Twitter, we go to Gardner-Webb University's Facebook page where you can read the exciting news that GWU alumnus Dr. Josh Parrott has been named the new vice president and university chaplain for Christian life and service. We're all very eager to welcome Josh and his family back home to Boiling Springs. He'll assume his new role on February 15th. So congratulations, Dr. Josh Parrott, and everybody take a look at GWU's Facebook page and read all about that new addition to our Gardner-Webb family. All right, so that's Twitter, that's Facebook. We'll wrap up with a quick look at Instagram. Folks, follow our undergraduate admissions team at Future Dogs. That's one word, and it's dogs, D-A-W-G-S, Future Dogs. Our Future Dogs team is announcing the addition of a new transfer admissions counselor, Miss Summer Moss. Summer will be helping students transfer to GWU from two-year and four-year colleges and universities. She's originally from West Tennessee, but moved nearby uh, to South Carolina just this past year. So welcome to the web, Summer Moss, and thanks for helping us recruit some new members of the Bulldog family. That's our quick social media roundup. We'll take one more break and be right back. Gardner-Webb University and the town of Boiling Springs, North Carolina are taking over Main Street on Saturday, April 22nd for Webstock 23. From 1 to 10 p.m., you can catch live music, check out local artisans, engage with street vendors, enjoy local food and beverage, and even bring children to the kids' zone. Music will be provided by Chatham County Line, Cassette Rewind, The Phoebe's Band, 96-ish, and Rutherford County Line. Again, mark your calendars for Webstock 23 on April 22nd from 1 to 10 p.m. on Main Street, Boiling Springs, and the Gardner-Webb University campus. For more information, visit gardner-webb.edu forward slash Webstock. All right, folks, I want to thank again Coach Scott Wells for being our guest on today's episode of Bulldog Dialogue. Excited about men's soccer program and all that's going to happen starting in August of 2023. 
Folks, remember, wherever you are in the office, on the road, at home, or in the gym, you can find and subscribe to all official Gardner Web podcasts on your favorite platforms like Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Music, Amazon Podcast, and Audible. Until next time for Bulldog Dialogue, I'm Gardner Web President William Downs. Let's go, dogs. <laughs>